It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. So take a seat at the table and join the conversation as we discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology and song selection. And now it's time for the show. All right. Welcome. Episode 208, I think. Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. 208, I believe. 208. Live on Facebook. Um, We actually have not published last week's episode to the feed yet, but that's on me. But... uh, Happy Memorial Day to you, uh, Mr. Lindner. Yeah, Happy Memorial Day to you. um, You guys have any plans for the day? I'm at work, so no. (laughs) Wait, aren't you supposed to take after Sunday? You're supposed to take Monday off? Yeah, a lot of pastors do. Um, I'd rather have a couple of days in a row at the end of the week. Gotcha. Um, I don't like... um, This is going to sound wrong, but <laughs> okay, you know, let's let's do it. <laughs> I, I love the church and I love my job at the church, so um, I don't I don't mean this in a bad way, but for for the most part, the church gets the best of me in a lot of ways. Yeah, and so I would rather if I'm going to be a little tired and off, I'd rather be at work, do that at work than do that at home. I'd rather have little more energy to be present with my family at home than and let church get that side of me a little bit. So, that's you know why I don't take Mondays off. That doesn't sound wrong to me at all, actually. <laughs> it's uh, there, And I can't remember who it was, but I remember some advice coming um, from some authority, you know, I can't, whether Christian or not, but basically, right. I think it was Christian, said, um, when you come home from work, consider... Like if you pull into the garage or just pull into the driveway, take five minutes to just be present in that car and pray or do whatever you need to do to kind of shuck all of the that energy, the tension and stuff that came from the day job so that when you come into that house, you are present. Right with folks. And uh, so I think that's a really healthy perspective. Uh, my wife will do that sometimes. She'll just park in the driveway. The dogs will be barking like crazy. Mom's home or whatever. And I just know that she is decompressing a little bit. And I think that's a really healthy self-care. Yeah, I actually generally not, I don't do this every day, but generally I have different podcasts that I listen to mm-hmm. on the way home that are just more entertainment minded as opposed to church and leadership and all that stuff. Yeah. So that I'm totally, I'm spending my drive home, changing my, my mind away from work things to, you know, nonsense essentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all. Yeah. Completely fair. So now, speaking of nonsense, this is my segue. Yeah. Now I, I've been watching your Facebook feed and I saw that, um, for whatever reason, this was the weekend that you chose to, as as a forty year old man. Yep, forty to to see Empire Strikes Back for the first time. And um, I, do you want to share your thoughts on that for the sake of alienating most of the people <laughs> who might be paying attention? <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, my. I've seen all the new Star Wars, even episodes one through three, 
yeah. and which a lot of people don't like. But um, I, I hadn't watched the originals. We watched episode four probably a year or so ago, and I, it was just so disappointing to me. <laughs> Right. You know, from all the all the hype, people had you know talked it up to an, a level it was never going to live up to, and I should have had that in mind, but I didn't, and you know just totally disappointed on it. And so everyone's talking about Empire Strikes Back as being the heart of the Star Wars saga, right? And so that was the next one, and I didn't like I just didn't want to watch it because um, for one, it's more enjoyable for me to be able to say. It was more enjoyable for me to be able to say I'd never it's seen it. It's gone now. <laughs> it's gone now. I've lost that. <laughs> um, so then, then you know, watching it and being disappointed. And so we watched it. I don't think my kids are, I hope they're not listening outside the door because they do like the movie. But, um, you know, I just, I just, I'm, I haven't been that impressed with the old movies. Now, I understand they're old. They're like 40 years old. Yeah. Like and, old, um, yeah. If I had seen, yeah, like me, <laughs> and if I had seen them, you know, when I was younger, I'd probably have a different feeling about it. But, you know, I think they relied, this is just my personal take, and I know probably going to get people hating me for this, but I think they relied too heavily on their special effects to, to grab people's attention and not enough on the story itself. Because, like, the storytelling of of The Empire Strikes Back is about maybe 30 minutes worth of story. And then they used, then they put in, you know, two and a half hours or however long it was of other things to, because they were, you know, impressed with their special effects and they probably should have been, you know, because for the time, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't give them, I'm not uh, discrediting their, their steps forward. Cause I know it became, it, it, it was one of the things that paved the way for what we have now in the world today. But you know, I, I just, I, it, it's a good, for me, I think good reminder to not to not re, not rely too heavily on other things, making but make sure the content is good, make sure the story itself is good. And I mean, I think you could summarize the story of Empire Strikes Back in about three minutes, and and not be uh, surprised. <laughs> you know, um, I think your perspective is is really a valid one. Um, I, you know, I was a theater major in college and which has close ties to movie making. And, um, and I remember discussions of Citizen Kane and what an important movie it was. And so I saw it and I went, I don't get it. <laughs> and, and it's because we just don't have the perspective of what was groundbreaking at the time it was right. made. Right. Um, it's like the Beatles and what George Martin were doing in the 60s. You listen and go, I mean, you can still go, that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's so easy to create that now. Right. Because the technology was just coming into being. And I remember when Empire Strikes came back, uh, Empire Strike, whatever, Empire Strikes <laughs> Back came out. Um, because I was, I think, 10. I think you were one, uh, something <laughs> like that. And I remember going to the theater. Um, after going to Benihana for dinner for report cards and then getting to that part with the big revelation and uh, and and the movie ending on such a downer note and 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 feeling like there's no way that's true and hmm. wow I had no idea something like that was going to happen and when's the next movie coming out it was just all those things but I had the gift of perspective where you know if um if you come in as a an adult 
who's already kind of seen these bookends. And uh, David's acknowledging his kids. So. My kids are here, so you yeah, might as well come say hi so people see you. <laughs> How you guys doing? That's stop Joe. sending other people email. What? Yeah, stop sending other people email. <laughs> stop using Ryland's email. <laughs> he ducks out. Yeah, all right. <laughs> anyway, well, that was uh, enough on that, but I just wanted to give you the opportunity to share your perspective. I think it's a valid perspective on that. It's, it's ultimately subjective, but it's where you're coming into it. So I think that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's different, you know. Um, part of yeah, part of a, you know that that story twist. I mean, there was no shock there to me whatsoever because that's been you know used by so many people in so many different ways. Right. I mean, Toy Story used it, you know, and so there was absolutely no shock to me about that that story twist. So that probably changed things. If if I was if I was watching the story for the first time, that might have that might have uh, changed it as well. So who knows? Well, you know, Toy Story itself. Now we're going to change topics here in just a moment. But Toy Story, <laughs> you're wearing a Pizza Planet shirt yep. first of all. But Toy Story itself, if you go back and watch the original one, which was groundbreaking at the time, mm-hmm. you watch it and go, "Wow, that hasn't aged very well, has it?" Um, you know, uh, the story though is right. still excellent. Um, it's just that the technology lets you down. I had a debate on a on an earlier worship ministry catalyst with the team about. Toy Story and why you can't throw that away. Now, I'm going to, speaking of throwing things away, let's just throw that away for the time <laughs> being, uh, because there's other things to talk about. Yeah. Uh, you, you, uh, as we were discussing beforehand, what do we want to kind of engage in today? I think one of the things that's on people's mind as much as anything right now, especially in the church, is that, yes, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and then on, on Friday afternoon, our president said, hey, churches are essential, we're opening up. Mm-hmm. And um, that, in my congregation, kind of created this virtual dialogue about, hey, Joe, Pastor Brian, what are we going to do about that? You know, uh, and I thought, rather than offer a, a specific opinion, maybe uh, the two of us could just talk about what we're doing with our congregations, given that. And mm-hmm. Do you want to start throwing you under the bus? <laughs> uh, we're still talking about it. Yeah. So, um to be honest, um, the president's remarks didn't really change all that much for us because of uh, Governor Inslee. Um, you know, the president can say whatever he wants, but until the governor decides to to loosen things right. up, then nothing's going to change for us. Now, <clears throat> I guess the president said he would he would supersede the governors if he needed to, but um, I don't know. Uh, that that kind of makes things. Pretty complicated and divisive, un- unnecessarily divisive, I think. Mm, yeah. Um, so you know, we're we're actively talking about this week. We're going to do a hybrid service, uh, a drive-in, and Facebook Live. So we're going to move everything that's in this room out onto. We have an awning, a covered awning out front, so we can set up and be dry, and. Um, Anybody that wants to can will will come and drive in. We've got a lot of young families with little kids, so they're not going to be there. They've already said that they're right. going to stay home on Facebook. But if anyone else wants to, they can come do that. And so, um, you know, we're trying to find some ways to to mitigate the separation. But at the same time, you know, in Clark County, I don't know if you saw the news, but um, right, literally, probably. A, 
two miles from the church, there was a an outbreak at a, a fruit uh, packaging plant. Oh man! Here in Vancouver this last week, and Vancouver had just applied um, for, to go into phase two, and then you know this week that it, that news came out, and now our application's on hold. <laughs> Right. Because of that. So, um, you know, it's not really going to, you know, the president, I think it's good. And I think it's a good declaration for churches. I think it, you know, helps validify what we're doing as faith leaders. But at the same time, it's not really going to change a whole lot until uh, local authorities have a different mindset. That's my initial th- thoughts right. on the discussion. <laughs> We had just had a, uh, a meeting as, uh, it was actually last Monday night, the uh, elders of the church, as well as some other church leaders, got together before the president made the declaration to go, well, because uh, in Oregon, um, our county had just been given approval to go into phase one. And in, in Oregon, that means you can have gatherings of up to 25 people. Hmm. And so, what does that practically mean for us? And so, we, we, we just setting numbers aside just talked about what is that what does that look like for us and ultimately we're like well there's still risk there um we have a our congregation is not young there's still people we want to protect and uh as much as i long to be in the same space as as people um it's it's just not permissible right. at this point for us to do that, and we're watch it carefully and uh, and think not of ourselves as individuals and what we personally want, but I think of you know uh, my friend Dale who's eighty five and lives by himself and doesn't have technology. You know he's lonely right. and I need to protect him. Where's the balance there? And 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 people like my mom who's got cancer and. You know, if I get exposed to it, even asymptomatically, what's going to happen if I, well, I can't give my mom a hug. I just can't. Right. Right. So those are, you know, balancing all those things out. It's uh, what's nice is when churches can have a congreg- uh, conversation that isn't black and white, but when we can come together and go, gosh, I'd really like to do this. And that's really not something we should do if we really want to demonstrate love to people. So, right. Um, and uh, I love hearing that your church is uh, demonstrating that creativity with the drive-in um, service. So that's excellent. I think that ticks a few boxes for people who want to be together. Yeah, I mean, it'll help. I think in that you know when you're just seeing, I mean, you're seeing people's names scroll through the comments, so and you see their picture. There's some semblance of connection there, but not seeing an actual face, even if it's through a car window, you know. <laughs> You're still seeing another living human being, even if you're parked in a parking lot. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, you know, I think for for us right now, the conversation has been about unity and what's what's best for the unity of the church. Because we could make a decision to stick it to the governor and open up this coming Sunday if we wanted to, and that would be good for the people that agreed with that, but it would also create a divide for the people in our church that don't agree with that uh, particular point of view. And on the flip side, we could say, we're not going to open again until it's safe and we can have people into our building without any possible risk of exposure to the virus and go the other direction. And we'd also risk losing (laughs) and dividing and separating off people who are ready to open now. And Right. So, our, we've been, for the last week or so, trying to 
you know, share articles. There's a really great article. Um, I'll go grab the link for it here real quick. Um, from Ministry Matters? No. <laughs> no, Ministry Matters had one about how does the rural church, you're not rural, but my church is. Uh, how does the rural church approach reopening? But uh, find your link, and I'm interested in it. Yeah, this was, um, I think it was the Gospel Coalition, which Dan works oh, with quite a, yeah. lot, a lot. I saw that article, too. Um, but yeah, definitely share it with folks, because um, I thought that was, um, I'm trying to remember who wrote it, but um, uh, my pastor who follows the TGC, um, some of their, their postings and stuff, shared that with me. And, yeah, it was Gospel Coalition. It was Brett McCracken. That's right. That's right. So I'll paste that uh, in the comments right now. It was a good. It was a good, thoughtful article, and I love yeah. it when when we in the church aren't afraid to utilize nuance. Um, that, that that it's okay. There's uh, you know what, what my pastor calls the four D's. I know he did. He got it from someplace, but when it comes to questions, uh, you know. Uh, when it, spiritual questions, the, the first D is, that what are things you would die for? What are things that you would divide over? What are things that you would debate? And what things would you discuss? Hmm. And making sure that these things kind of end up in the right, when we're, when we're engaging on a topic, that we figure out where they fit. And for me, some things that might be divide might be debate for other people. But uh, yeah, but that McCracken article was good. Writing that, those four Ds, and those are good in the comments. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, and you know, as it pertains to worship, um, I think I th you know we talked briefly last week about uh, singing and the dangers that that could potentially pose. I think we talked about that on the podcast. I've had so many we conversations. Mm -hmm. We did about that. That I'm not sure where we had them all, but um, yeah. You know, that's that's something that I think we we really do need to think about. Because because of the nature of you know you can be you can be asymptomatic like you said and but still contagious for four days you know four or five days before you so you show symptoms or you just never have symptoms at all right, right. so is it wise even to come in and have a you know a service where you're singing 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 for twenty minutes. And you've got somebody that could be uh, potentially sick, and spread it with everyone in the church, and then you know you're shut down the next week or two weeks from that because eighty percent of your congregation has coronavirus. You know, I don't know. That we have to think about that too. Right. What was it? The church in Washington where they had a choir practice, mm -hmm. and then uh, what? Eighty percent of the choir got sick, or yeah, something. eighty percent of the choir got sick, and several people died in that <sighs> choir. So, oh, man. Okay. so you think about as a leader, you know, worship leader, church leader, you know, lay leader. That that's still a burden that's going to fall on you if you participate in making this decision, and if you're urging and pushing for things to open up quickly and hurriedly, and without you know a lot of thought about how we're going to protect people, keep people safe, let's just go back to the way things were. You know, are you willing to to let the death of one of your church members hang over your head as a result? You know, and so far, I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite there either. Uh, yeah, I know we can't permanently protect people. Like, there's no perfect solution. People have been exposed to to diseases and viruses in gatherings for all of human history. Mm -hmm. 
So we're not going to come up with a perfect solution, but you know, we at least have to wrestle with it and come up with a thoughtful solution that we're actually caring for the human beings <laughs> that are part of yeah. our church. Yeah, just that demonstration of love is, you know, that that's real hard to set aside your personal preferences. And I say that as somebody who is very stubborn. Um, you know, uh, I, I try to be open to different ideas and stuff, but once I kind of set on something, I'm hard to move. And uh, so to be open to, hey, this isn't my preference. I mean, honestly, it doesn't, it's not too different from the hymns versus contemporary music, mm-hmm. right? Is that, um, is there anybody perfectly right in that scenario? And you're going to make somebody unhappy no matter what you do. And, uh, you know, it's, Sometimes you have to sacrifice what is important to you for the sake of ministering to other people. Right, right. Yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. so I think, you know, it's going to be part of what what's frustrating and some of the challenges I see right now in this discussion is people aren't doing that. People aren't willing to, um, and I don't... I, this is maybe a uh, a a lowest common denominator view of it, but I hope it's not just this. But it seems like it's just you know we're selfish people and we want our own way, and that's more important to us than anything else. And what we want is to go back to church and be with the people who who are part of our community, and yeah. um, and we don't really care what the cost is. You know, we don't care what it might cost someone else, or if someone else gets sick, or if um, you know, or what the 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 cost to the unity of the church, or you know, the cost to the mission, the cost to our witness, to our testimony out into the non-believing world. We just like we just want what we want. We want to get back to what we're used to, and yes. uh, forget about the cost. And I think that's the, the a very wrong way to have this discussion right now. It's hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And I think for some people, it's not even so much that they don't care. It's maybe that they, it's hard, they, they aren't wired to immediately consider it. Mm-hmm. That um, it was what, actually, I was really proud of one of our, uh, one of our elders when we shared some, some facts with him about how things in terms of science are happening. And he received that and went, oh, well, we just can't do that then. You know, but he came in with one perspective and then presented with other information, went, oh, okay, because he really wants the best for people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, uh, information is parsed out to us, sometimes based on our predisposition. Right. Uh, that's uh, unfortunately the way like our Facebook feeds work. Oh, I don't like hearing from that person because they make me unhappy with their political views. <laughs> and so they're gone. Yeah, what was yeah. the book by Ed Stetzer that he just released uh, last year? Uh, I think it was called Christians in the Age of Outrage. Oh, I love Ed Stetzer. Yeah, and he's talk- he was talking about um, the echo chamber and, mm-hmm. and how this is really bad in Christianity. I feel like I'm about to sneeze, so I apologize if that happens. But... Um, <laughs> But we've we've done that, and I, I try to keep both sides. But when I if I have somebody that's super uh, vigilant on sharing information from one point of view, and I don't care whether it's you know the side I agree with or the side I disagree with, I end up hiding them because it's just too much. 
you know, but we, we tend not to have a balanced representation of humanity in our Facebook feeds. We just have an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been proven right now that there's very much a uh, an echo chamber mindset and people that you can't get... You can't get a different idea into into some people's way of thinking on this topic because they've just consumed so much information on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Nick uh, has joined us this morning, by the way. Who has? Nick. Well, hi, Nick. He I says, uh, well. uh, people don't like it when they lose control, and I think that's partially what fuels the anger with people right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. No, absolutely. When you feel like, uh, well, I get resentful. Thank you, Nick, by the way. I get resentful when I have too many meetings because I feel like I don't get to choose how I structure my day. Right. And then you take that to an extreme level and say, you can't go sit in a restaurant. Um, And freedom of religion, man. I mean, when you consider our country was founded to a certain extent on a spirit of rebellion, um, that when somebody says you can't gather the way that we're used to, then it feels like, oh, I think somebody's overreaching their authority, right. you know? And, and uh, so, uh, I and I, like I said, being stubborn, when somebody tells me I can't do something, then there's a kind of a natural lean right. in to that, <laughs> to, to say, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody anyway. tells me what to do. I'll show you that nobody tells me what to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, but I yeah. I mean, it. so yesterday I, we shared before uh, we we started broadcasting here on Facebook. My computer died, so we had to we had to deal with uh, streaming our service without my computer, which was challenging since we streamed wow. the service from my computer. But we got yeah. through it. But so I had to get a new a new computer yesterday, and then um, all of my my computer was eight years old, so I had to get it's it's got different it's all USB C stuff, so I'm having to get adapters and stuff to make it work and so right. I was going to Best Buy went there and and, and they don't allow, they don't allow you in the store unless you schedule a, cons- a consultation consultation ahead right. of time I was like I know what I need I just like it would be so much faster and easier for you the employee <laughs> If I could just go in and get the stuff that I need and come back out, but yeah. we're not letting them in store, so I had to, you know, to get on the app and go through and, and order my stuff and place the order, put in my credit card, and then wait for them to bring it out. And they weren't bringing it out, so I finally found a place on the on the app that I could check in and say I'm here waiting for it. And then they finally came out. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just frustrating to have to do things that way. Um, yeah. And, and so I like I I really understand the frustration people are feeling because I was thinking the exact same thing yesterday afternoon. It's like this would be so much easier if we could just go back to the way things were. But then at the same time, I understand that there's a reason we're not like it, and it's and it's hard. Like for me, I only know I only have one person, a cousin of mine who lives back in the east uh, eastern part of the country has had the coronavirus, but that's the only person I actually know that's had it. So when you don't have a lot of people that you're close to, and Clark County, the number of cases has actually been relatively low, and so we 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 just haven't had a lot of people that we could possibly know in our circles that have gotten this. So we don't we're just not we're not experiencing the threat right. firsthand, and so it's easy to dem- to dismiss something that you can't see. That's right. Well, that, that, you know, going biblical, Thomas, right? Right. <laughs> 
you know, uh, the other the other apostles had the benefit of having seen Jesus risen. They didn't believe it either when the women came and told them. They're like, yeah, whatever. Uh, and then they saw him, and they're like, oh. And then Thomas is like, no, nah, I don't know. I, I think I need to really experience this. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but then, it's a very human thing. And Jesus gives a beatitude there after after that experience, which he said, blessed are those who who, who believe without seeing, you know. That's right. And uh, so maybe we should apply that to the coronavirus. <laughs> blessed it, are right. those who believe in the coronavirus without seeing it firsthand. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, yeah, um, so... Um, I don't know. What do you think, especially uh, specifically pertaining to worship? Mm-hmm. Um, how is this going to affect our discussion as worship leaders for the next, I don't know, six months or a year? I know a lot of churches are, are opening back up and they've just, they're keeping space on their stage and that kind of a thing. But Well, for, I'll tell you just from my church's perspective, we... Uh, and we talked a little bit about this last week, that this has been an interesting opportunity um, to pursue some things that have been kind of on the burner and really more from a technology perspective, the digital church, that um, this is an opportunity for us to develop a digital church, which we intend to continue uh, as we um, as we move out of this. So having that foundation of the digital church in place means that if we open up and it's okay, but the fall it comes back, we have the foundation there. We, we've we laid the groundwork for the digital church. And we as, I'm going to call us consumers, but those of us who are worshipers, because I'm a worshiper on a Sunday morning, um, just happen to have to watch myself while I'm doing it, <laughs> which is, again, weird. Right. But um, that, uh, that we are getting maybe more comfortable worshiping in a, in a slightly different setting. And it's not ideal. You know, you can get what's second best, but it's hard to get enough. One of my favorite lyrics. Um, so this may be a second best. And yet, um, we're getting, we're being fed. Uh, I've talked about manna in the desert. 40 years eating that stuff they picked up off the ground, right? Mm-hmm. We're kind of, we're in that position where we're eating manna. Maybe better than manna, I hope. Right. But, um, but, we are, but having said that, we're also thinking about what's that transition look like? How do we transition from here to what it might look like for gradual in-person and how do we set up um, uh, in a disciplined manner caring for people who come to our church because it's different we can't just be open right um so we're we're working you know logistics on doing what you guys are already doing which is how do we get our live stream set up? And we're going to have Dan come on um, in a future episode. Dan Thompson, who's my uh, podcasting partner over on Frequency, explain how he got set up and how he helped you guys get set up um, to facilitate that. But I think that's part of it. Uh, what are mm-hmm. your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, I, I feel pretty much the same way. Um, and I do feel like this is this is the new hymns versus you know choruses transition for the church that that churches that don't adapt to this change probably aren't going to exist for very long because the digital the digital uh, transformation has been happening beneath our feet you know for a good solid decade I know yeah. before that but the but the rapid change has been happening for a good solid decade and we hadn't been uh, 
trying to to stay up to speed. <laughs> like a lot of yeah. churches, I mean, we weren't we weren't uh, um, uneducated about it, and you know, I'm younger, so I'm I'm more prone to to dip into it. But as far as our church goes and how it operated, we we just weren't really. Uh, doing much in the way of digital church and and digital connection and uh, digital ministry at all and um, you know who's you know you know not just not just thinking of the virus but who knows how our country is going to change as a result of the virus as you know political change as a result of the reaction to the virus Christianity had already been trending down for a very long time and uh, moving closer and closer to becoming a, a you know a uh, <clears throat> Uh, not persecution, but but definitely marginalized. disregarded. Yeah, marginalized uh, yeah. belief in our country, and uh, so you know we may be we, we we may be needing to do this, and that could be one of the graces of God in this season is that when it's before it's a requirement for us as churches to be able to continue as a church to to use digital technology hey here's a here's a grace period figure it out now before uh, you have to do it i definitely think that there there's something very solid about that perspective that uh, god is giving many of us the opportunity to breathe mm-hmm. and adapt because he wants his church to continue to future generations and to reach people in ways right. that we have not uh, have not done so. You know, even for people, you know, uh, you know, people in Texas, like my in-laws, are watching our service in Oregon. You know, people in New York, mm-hmm. their friends are, you know, so there there are people that are maybe disenchanted or feel disenfranchised that are finding ways to worship even if they don't feel like their local church is um i don't want i don't mean to pr- promote a consumer perspective however uh, if your local church is for whatever reason a barrier to you worshiping that maybe there's something and and so god is giving us this like you a pause button to say figure it out we'll get back together it's gonna look a little different but it's my church i get to change it how i want to right <laughs> right you know, yeah. So um, now I know we're just about out of time. Want to honor your time today, but um, <laughs> you you did mention that the uh, the acapella app, which we right. talked about last week, is iOS only. I thought there were. I thought it worked on some newer Android phones, but maybe not. Well, I um, it's hard for me to say on the newer side. I think my newest phone is about two years old. Okay. Uh, and um, I saw that the, uh, like an earlier version of the app was uh, compatible with Android. Uh, but we'd love to find out if people are listening, if they are aware, if, you know, what are the constraints when it comes to Android? I think it's a really neat idea. Uh, it was just members of my worship team are like, that's a cool idea, and I don't have an iPhone. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not sure how that's going to work for us. Um, so we're, but we, we love the idea. We're going to try it out. Um, I've got worship team members again who are just chomping at the bit. Not to be in the church. One of my, my keyboard player works in an uh, assisted care facility, and she's like, uh uh-uh. uh. I ain't bringing something back to my people either right. either direction, but she really wants to worship. She, I mean, she wants to play her keyboard. She wants to sing, and I want to give her that venue. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we did talk about another way to do it last week, which was using two devices, a listening device and a recording device. So yeah. that's one option. But uh, another way is if... Um, so... You know, we're, we're recording the choir videos for my homeschool choir that I lead and our concert that's coming up, our Facebook concert next next uh, Monday. And some of the students have had a, a, a struggle recording, so they're going to be coming in throughout the week this week to record their part. So that'd be one way. We actually, um, one of the vocalists is here as a volunteer on Wednesdays, and I just set her up with my phone and and my recording interface and get it all set up so we get a nice clean audio from her and then she just records on my on my phone so you know you could also if you wanted to i'm not saying you need to do this but you know, you could set up at a church and you can abide by social distance you could be in a different room and that kind of thing i mean with the with the app you just set your phone up and leave the room and they come in record their stuff and right. then then you come back in after they're done and that kind of thing so there are ways to make it work it's not as not as convenient as if everyone can do it in their home though <laughs> right well and that's creativity and um recognizing that things aren't necessarily going to be convenient and we push through so um yeah we're we're going to take kind of that second the first approach which is um i'll do a guide track just gonna and my my rhythm is not great which i've become more and more aware of as i edit my own videos uh <laughs> that uh, record to click track, send it out to folks, just have them record it on their phone, mm-hmm. send me the video, and uh, and I'll incorporate it uh, into something. It'll take more time, but I think the benefit is that um, they're reusable. Right. You know, if, if you have a library of songs that you've done as a worship team, and it's, you know, I, I want to continue to lead worship and do it live however um sometimes you know if if in the fall things get bad again or whatever hey i've got 30 songs that we've done that uh which songs you want to do pastor great we'll just plug those in and people get to worship to those well and that's you know somehow we may may use it going on in the future so it's not you know this is one reason i don't feel like it's a waste of time is you know, because I bring all the tracks into Pro Tools and edit everything. Well, then it wouldn't take much for me to to go in because we've got a we're a small church with a small worship team, so we're able to do a much bigger sound on the video than we can do in person. But right. a lot of churches have been playing with you know, um, uh, what's that loop? Uh, is it Loop Community or? I can't remember the name. I have to think of the name of it, but um, Optimus Prime. It's something like that. It's like there's some kind of Looptimus. I can't remember. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking I about. I downloaded it. Yeah. I downloaded it and was messing with it. I'm sure I've got Prime, Prime Multitrack. Um, so, and we were looking at using that so you could play with a drummer and stuff that you don't have. Uh, in person, but we could do that with our people who are actually playing. So, and then just play the video, so you could see the people. You know, so you know, if I'm uh, if I'm playing keyboards and singing, but I played keyboards and sang, and also played the accordion and ukulele or something right. on it, then we can just leave those tracks in the video and take the other ones out, and then play to ourselves. <laughs> Which right, might be right. kind of weird, but we can still play to ourselves and have a, a fuller sound. I think that might be a, an interesting way to utilize those videos. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, to have 
I could play, I could sing, I could play the acoustic, I could sing harmonies over mm -hmm. myself, uh, you know, we play electric guitar or whatever. Not that I play electric guitar very well, but, uh, but to know that just like in a, with a multi-track environment that you can do those kind of things. There's, you know, we have a creative God and he's given us technology that allows us to be even more creative, especially, you know, within the constraints that we're dealing with. Right. A note on the way you're talking about doing I'm sure you already think about this, but for anyone who's listening that might not think this way, uh, the videos that I watched about how to bring a lot of videos of people together into one, the way that their, their workflow, they didn't just bring all the videos into their video editing app and then line them all up and then mix the audio. They actually separated the audio, brought it into their audio editing software, got that sounding good and then mix you know brought the mix down into the video and then all they had to do was focus on syncing up the video tracks so that they were pretty close to to what it was supposed to be so you use your audio editing software to edit the audio and use your video editing software to edit the video Absolutely. don't and try also, to do both <laughs> and also keep in mind that um, your audio software is going to want to be at 44.1 kilohertz, right. and you're going to want to change that to 48 because video is at 48. Otherwise, you're going to play heck trying to get those to line up. Right. But just to be in the weeds there, just to share that. Yeah, and that's what um, there's a, sim a simple way to work around that in uh, iMovie. So we, um, because. Oh. My, you know, all the audio stuff is 44.1. The acapella app is 44.1, but iMovie isn't. And so, I, there's there's just a time you can edit the the speed that the video plays at, and then I yes. just go in and drag it until I get everything lined up and and looking well. That's a, a, for me faster than trying to to uh, convert Resample. everything yeah. to 48. <laughs> no, and that's what I do as well. I use PowerDirector for my stuff and. I'm like, oh, okay, so the video is three seconds longer than the audio over the course of an hour. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to add those three seconds. Lines up, we're good. But anyway, that's in the weeds for people. But it's amazing the little details that you will get to learn and experience when you immerse yourself into this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, I feel like my mind has just been in this constant... <laughs> state of learning grow i mean just i'm mentally exhausted you know every week and have been for this whole time just <laughs> yes. like i don't have any more bandwidth to try to absorb any new information and problem solving and figure things out i just need things to work for a while <laughs> right i completely yeah would be but can we have a routine just right. a one <laughs> but and as soon as we get a routine, it'll be time to come back and, and try a whole new uh, yeah. service world. <laughs> but, well, anyway, uh, yeah. I should probably go help my wife pick out flowers. Yeah. Sounds uh, like fun. It's a good day to get them in before it gets sunny uh, Yeah, the next couple of days. You think that sounds like fun? I like gardening. I like being outside. We All live right. on a, on five acres, so All right. we're actually getting our garden in this coming uh, weekend. So that's our big our big looming task hanging over our heads for the week. <clears throat> We've got let's see. This year it's only uh, twenty feet by a hundred feet. Normally it's about forty feet wide and a hundred feet uh, long of a garden that we do. Wow. So, uh, but we've had some real serious weed problems for the last, uh, well, ever since we moved up there. So we've been alternating and leaving plastic covering half of the garden to try to burn up some of the weeds. <laughs> 
so we're not dealing with the same problems. So I actually enjoy gardening. So yeah, that sounds good to me. It sounds right. a lot better than spending hours and hours and hours and hours and hours in front of a computer and <laughs> and uh, all the technology yeah. stuff we've been doing for the last quarter. It's been almost a quarter now. You realize that? My, my son was bringing that up to me. He's like, I've been doing distance school for over six weeks now and the school year is about over. So yeah, this last Sunday was our 11th. For us as a church, 11th episode of online church, so 12, which makes it a quarter this coming Sunday. Wow. Yeah, I lost track. Anyway, <laughs> I'd like um, folks to tell us what you'd like to hear from us and uh, yeah. as we're, we're meeting. Um, appreciate the feedback that we've received and that people are watching. Yeah. It, uh, it makes me feel really good about the time that we spend and that hopefully it's useful for folks that the dialogue is worthwhile. Uh, but we, we do want to address topics that are important to you. Mm-hmm. So let yeah, us Nick, know. Nick was here last week and this week. I saw our number get up to three. We had three live viewers oh. at some point this morning. So <sighs> big time. one of them was me. That, that may have been me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week, you think? Yeah, yeah. So you have a great week. And uh, now I have to fit, figure out how to end this live stream. <laughs> or we can just stare at each other like cows <laughs> at a passing train. All right. See you guys later. Thanks for joining us once again on the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. And make sure to add your voice to the conversation. You can find us at twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. On Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop us a note.